Hello, and welcome to the Project Good podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Hilton. Project Good is a social impact podcast interviewing experts and advocates about the pressing problems that we face globally and hearing how they suggest we move forward in the future. The Project Good podcast is brought to you by Project Good Work. The goal of this podcast is to inspire people and organizations to develop a mindset that can move others to positive action regarding the complex social issues facing people and the planet. For January, we're focusing on renewal and reflection with self-made you. According to Forbes' article, Nine Surprising Things Holding You Back from Being Successful, most times people aren't even aware of what's truly holding them back. Noted in the article were the following list of things that hold people back the most. They are following someone else's definition of success. Due to lack of inner work, a lot of our behaviors don't align with who we really are. You're adhering to outdated social norms. You aren't currently connected to your truth. You end up in jobs that you aren't a good fit for. You followed advice that sounded good but felt wrong. You stayed stuck in your comfort zone because you're afraid to fail. You have a scarcity mindset when it comes to money. You lack confidence. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Tracy Pleasurecourt, the founder of Self Made You, who helps men and women create self-made wealth and wellness through life coaching. Tracy has mastered and now teaches the critical skills necessary to manage your mind and overcome any obstacles, including overeating, overdrinking, time management, career, and relationship changes. Let's get into the interview. Self-renewal is a process of personal growth learning, and development that individuals undertake to adapt to changing circumstances, acquire new skills, and improve themselves over time. Self-renewal is important because it equips individuals with the time and tools and mindset to adapt, grow, and thrive in a dynamic world. It contributes to personal and professional success, overall well-being, and fulfilling life. Just a few years ago, Tracy was a successful advertising executive, stifled by rigorous, time-consuming demands in the corporate world. She traded her 20 years of advertising to pursue her real passion, life and weight loss coaching. Tracy is a student of her home work and has stopped overeating, overdrinking, and created a multi-six-figure business while mastering health. Today, Tracy coaches people all over the country who want to do the same. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you. Hi, I'm so excited to um, talk about this topic, and I thought it was the perfect topic um, because, uh, you know, having this uh, featured in January, everybody is always thinking about, you know, how I'm going to be better in the new year, how can I, you know, um, take care, uh, control of myself, and also I think we find ourselves after, uh, let's see, uh, after the 2020 experience of the pandemic, um, the ongoing uh, years of being locked up and, you know, depending on where you are, maybe you're still even dealing with it, um, where you are in the world, um, that a lot of people have gotten to a point of they have to stand back and reflect, like, what have I been through? Uh, where am I going? And, uh, you know, and essentially, I guess the question, what now? Yeah. So I thought this was a perfect topic. I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, at the beginning of every year, I think there is this point of self-reflection and um, 
that is why I see such a spike in our membership right at the beginning of the year, because people want to learn how to think about themselves. They've never been taught how to think about themselves. So that's what we do best is we teach people how to think. We don't teach people what to think. We teach people how to think at Self Made You. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here and to kind of dive into that a little bit. Yes. And so before we get into the questions, I always like to know a little bit of uh, personal stories about um, the people I'm interviewing. So what made you, um, I guess, jump from an advertising career into becoming a life coach? Yeah, well, it was a phenomenal career. So it didn't have as much to do with the career itself as it did with the struggles that I was having. I was having a hard time dealing with the stress. I was having a hard time dealing with, you know, my identity as a mom, my identity as a wife, my identity as an executive, how in the world I could actually keep those balls all in the air was really having taken a toll on me and my stress levels. Um, I didn't know how to cope with that. And so not like, not unlike a lot of other people, I found myself overeating and over drinking to try to kind of soothe those types of feelings. So I was kind of getting to this point where I was watching my kids get older and watching myself spend more and more time away from them because I was so committed to my career. And I thought about, you know, where am I going to be in the next five years? And I saw myself, kind of my future self, really regretting some of the decisions I had made because, you know, five years forward, my kids would be away, you know, they would have left the nest. And I knew that I would be spending a lot of time in regret, wishing I would have spent more time with them. So I didn't let a lot of time go by before I made a very big decision to resign from, you know, I was arguably at the top of my game and move home and decide to create a business that really kind of folded in what I do best and be available for my family and model what it looks like to actually be an entrepreneur. And so I was able to check several boxes. It wasn't as easy as I probably just made it sound. <laughs> there were a lot of <laughs> hurdles um, along the way. But ultimately, I'm here to tell the story of a very successful transition. Um, and what I learned from that transition is a lot of what I teach people who come into Self-Made You and they want to know what the best practices are to kind of leave the nine to five and start their own maybe purpose-driven business. A lot of people are looking for the checklist. And what I recognized is it has little to do with best practices, and it has everything to do with your mindset. And so it made perfect sense that my business, Self Made You, took that on as a topic and really has moved kind of the needle in how many people are actually successful when they make that transition, because they're not focusing on the best practices or checking the boxes of all the things that they need to do. And they're more focused on how they think of themselves. So um, it's just yet another topic that we can really very specifically help people through. But it it comes back to 
it was an experience that I had. So I created Self Made You to really solve a lot of the problems that hung me up. So I struggled struggled with overeating and over drinking and overspending. I struggled with my relationships. I struggled with procrastination. I struggled with stress and burnout. And I never knew how to actually solve that in a sustainable way. And I constantly was looking outside of myself for that silver bullet. It never occurred to me to look within and to actually utilize myself as the solution. It took me 40 some odd years to come to the realization that I actually wasn't the common denominator to all of these problems, that I could actually start to look at myself as the solution to all of these problems. And it changed the game. Wow. You know, you, you bring up a lot of things. I think that, um, well, I think you, you, you are speaking directly to the times that we're in, right? Um, uh, being in the lockdown experience uh, gave people the moment, I, say, I would say, to face themselves, right? And I think what you were talking about is uh, the thing about living in alignment. Um, so how can people, I guess, you know, since we, we've, we've gotten to, I would say, a reflective point in society where people are now like, you know, who am I? How can people know if they're living in, line, in alignment with their goals and values? Yeah, I think, well, first and foremost, you've got to slow down and be willing to ask yourself some questions. I call this like, just learning how to think, because I think so many of us are in a world where we're moving so fast that we're just kind of on autopilot. You know, your brain, the neuroscience of your brain, it actually loves patterns. It loves to be efficient. It loves to expend as little energy as possible. So it has us just operating in a very reactive way, very repetitively. And so it requires you to slow down and start asking yourself questions, you know, slowing down and seeing how you're actually operating from beliefs and thinking that's probably not serving you. So when you slow down, there's there's you know countless, you know, values, gifts that come from that. But I would say that the when you start with just slowing down to learn how to think about yourself to actually coach yourself in into you know a process or pro progress towards what it is that you really want that too changes the game so when we realized okay what does this boil down to like what is the actual linchpin that starts to change for everybody and it's it's really the understanding of yourself, how to utilize yourself, how to coach yourself. So after you slow down, then you can actually take this four-step process, asking yourself questions to get where it is that you want. And the very first question, and I like to use an acronym, I use S-E-L-F. So really understanding yourself, utilizing yourself to get what it is that you want. The S stands for start with a decision. And that seems so obvious. But when you are operating on default in like an autopilot sort of way, you're not making decisions. They may There may be some very unintentional decisions being made. And often those don't end well. 
But when you are actually being intentional and you're actually asking yourself very specific questions, you're coaching yourself to get what it is that you want with intention, you get entirely different results. Your experiences change. So it starts with slowing down so that you can start to coach yourself, so that you can start to think about yourself in a different sort of way. But it really does require you to slow your roll. So you start with a decision. That decision can be, what is it that I want? Why do I want it? How am I feeling right now about where I'm actually at? That's a very like poignant question to be asking yourself. So many people are operating again on default, not even realizing how burdened they feel, how overwhelmed they feel, how frustrated they feel. They think that this is just the way life is supposed to be. And that's not true. And if they would slow down and just have an awareness of how they're feeling at any point during the day, they would start to recognize how much control they actually have over that feeling. Because when you're operating from by default, you believe that all of your feelings are happening because of circumstances, because things are happening to you. And that's simply not true. You have thoughts about circumstances that create your emotions, kind of those vibrations that run through your body. And that's just one topic that can be completely life-changing that we teach in the context of finally teaching people how to think. Instead of, you know, I think we all probably can agree that we've had more of a formal educational experience that taught us what to think. So at Self Made You, we're very committed to teaching people how to think. And we want to arm them with this skill of how to think so that they can apply it in unlimited ways. So slowing down and starting to ask yourself questions, starting to make decisions. So the S of self is start with the decision. What is it that I want and why? It's a very powerful question to ask yourself. Yes. Uh, speaking of decisions, you know, um, you, you put up two of the scariest things, I think, for people and in the society, um, slowing down <laughs> and, and, and uh, making a decision. It seems, you know, on the surface, like, oh, yeah, you know, easy to slow down. Everybody always says, I just want to lay on the beach and, uh, you know, and kick back. But um, I think we saw that uh, when it, we had to slow down, a lot of people couldn't handle it. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, when it comes to a decision, a decision also sounds easy, but there's so many choices that it becomes intimidating. So how do you get, uh, I guess, comfortable with these two things? Yeah, I think, you know, committing to better understanding yourself through this process. So it's not a commitment that I'm going to you know, make decisions that work for me or that I'm going to change my life through making decisions. You start with a decision to actually commit to making decisions. So you're really going to start small. You really want to get to kind of the root of what is going to start to make some compounded, like incremental progress for you. So a lot of us 
when we were kind of in lockdown and we were forced to slow down, we didn't know how to think about that. We were like, uh, uh, what are we supposed to be doing here? Like that was so foreign to us. And of course, any sort of change has our fear-based brain like sending off the alarms and saying something has gone terribly wrong. And now you're operating, believing these fear-based thoughts and you're reacting to them. And that's what doesn't end well. That's usually what has you buffering and doing things that create kind of net negative results like overeating or over drinking or, you know, scrolling social media or overspending on online. Like, so you have to kind of look at the, like, what would be so easy for me to commit to that it would almost be hard not to do. I like to ask myself that all the time when I'm thinking about just taking one step in the direction towards where I want to be, I just ask myself, like, what would be so easy that it's actually hard not to do? So just committing to asking myself that one question, what is it that I want from my day, is pretty easy. But I also like to caution people that a decision is almost like a three-part question or a three-step process, I guess. You need to ask yourself, what is it that you want? I would follow that up with, why do I want it? And then thirdly, the third is like the most important step. You've got to answer the question. So many people will kind of check the box and be like, yep, I asked myself that question, but they never answered it. Like you have to be connected to yourself to be able to answer that question. And that can be very scary for people, but actually doing it starts to extinguish the fear. You quickly recognize there's nothing to be afraid of. But you don't know that until you actually do it. And so our brain loves to look for all of the evidence about why, you know, change or, you know, new patterns can be scary. But you can kind of counteract that by actually just doing it and showing yourself that actually wasn't that scary at all. It's just an emotion that I'm afraid of. And I'm a human being and I am incapable of feeling any emotion. But most people are afraid of an emotion. And when you see that, when you recognize that, now it's like, oh, isn't that interesting that it's an emotion that's always been in my way of getting what it is that I want. And when you are willing to feel any emotion knowing it's not going to take you down. Now it's like the world has been cracked wide open. Wow. You know, I've never even thought about it that way because the next question I was going to ask you is that what should I do if I'm afraid of failure, right? But the way you've just explained it is like, I guess failure is uh, an emotion. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I have a lot of clients who are afraid of failing. They listen. They have the narratives just like I do, just like you do. We all have those fear-based narratives that are coming from the primitive part of our brain. And it's not intentionally trying to sabotage you. That's not what's happening. The primitive part of our brain, the purpose of it is to keep us alive. And it does that in, in a very dramatic way. It offers us a lot of dramatic fear-based thoughts because 
when we were in a primitive state, that made sense. You know, if the leaves on a tree was shaking and our brain said, you better run or the tiger's going to get you, that was really helpful. But today we've evolved into an environment that isn't that dangerous. But yet our primitive brain is still offering us thoughts like you better eat that cookie right there on the counter before it's not there, right? Like it or before somebody else <laughs> eats it. Uh -huh. That is like nine out of 10 times. That's why you're overeating or over drinking is because you're listening to those primitive brain narratives that are very dramatic. They're not even true. Cookies are widely available. You can get one tomorrow if you really <laughs> wanted one, right? So, but you won't understand that. You won't understand like the intensity, the exaggeration, the drama that our primitive brain brings to the table if you don't slow down to actually question those thoughts. And so it's very normal. Like I, that's the first thing I always want our clients to understand is that when you are reacting to primitive brain narratives, that's very human of you. And I just want to teach people to allow those narratives to be there, not to be on some quest to make those go away because you want your primitive brain to keep operating on default for some things. But you want to in a lot of circumstances, you want to notice how you used to react, what those old patterns used to be to some of those narratives. And instead, you want to start responding. You want to start questioning those thoughts. And again, that's how things unfold into entirely different experiences. So the neuroscience of your brain, if you can take that three-pound organ that exists between your ears and you were to cut it right in half, the left side is your primitive brain. Purpose is to keep you alive. It, it is like uh, meant to, it has a survival functionality. The, left, the right side is your prodigy brain or your prefrontal cortex. And it's the more extraordinary part of your brain that can actually respond with intention. Unfortunately, most of us have really done a good job of strengthening that primitive part of our brain, because it's the part that gets used the most. So we know that about ourselves. We know that about human beings. And we have more of kind of a focus on mental fitness with the objective of strengthening your prodigy part of your brain so that you start to kind of downregulate to the prodigy brain. So you start questioning all of your thinking. That's what that looks like. It sounds a little complex, but that's all it is, is that you are more aware of your thinking and the patterns that you have with your thinking and how that thinking unfolds so that you get to a place where you actually have a choice. So I talk about these four steps as a way to quickly create self-control because so many of us, when we're not making decisions, when we're operating on default, when we're in a reactive mode, we feel very out of control. We definitely think that things are happening to us. We feel very victimized by our circumstances. But when you start operating from your prodigy brain, you start questioning all of the thoughts that you once reacted to. And you just excuse them. You allow them to be there, but you don't react from them. You instead respond with questioning, with a pause, with a deep breath, right? And you're like, it's not even true. 
right? Why am I so afraid that I'm not going to be able to have a cookie if I don't eat it right now, right? So questioning that, and that is only that ability, that skill is only available to you when you're operating from your prodigy brain, when you're not in that default autopilot reactive type mode. Now, you know, you, you talk about the left brain and the right brain. And, you know, when I was growing up, um, and I think a lot of people maybe have experienced this and you've heard about the left brain people and the right brain people. And, um, you know, it used to be, a, um, I guess it's not a, uh, uh, it would be considered, I guess, not a politically correct uh, joke these days, but the right brain people always got made fun of, right? Um, because they were, you know, um, the artists, the, uh, you know, space could quote unquote space cadets. Yeah. But you have now opened that my, my mind about the, uh, being right brained as we are now in a time, as you mentioned about, you know, the, 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 the fear, fear of attack from, you know, a wild animal, we're not dealing with that anymore. And we see that of course is here we're, we're facing some, you know, um, uh, uh, we live in a, a technological age and it's just increasing and, you know, and now who knows what else, uh, you know, is coming, uh, coming our way. Hello everyone. It's Anne-Marie from the Project Good Podcast. I was thinking the other day, we've never told you why we started this podcast. Our company, Project Good Work, which runs the podcast, works with organizations around the world that elevate the awareness of many social issues that people and the planet are facing every day. Many times as a society, we do not take personal ownership of these global issues because we feel that we are not intimately involved or have to confront whatever problem is at hand. But as we grow closer together as a planet through population increases, technology, and changes in leadership, we must start to do a mind shift in our individual thinking and actions to realize that we are one humanity facing some major global giants and that we can no longer stand on the sidelines and be ignorant about all the issues facing us. Change always starts somewhere. Reach people who care about what you care about. Advertise on the Project Good podcast today by contacting us at projectgood.org slash podcast. We now need to, I guess, embrace that right brainness because it is where our creativity lives. Exactly. And in that creativity, creativity, as you've explained, is actually, I would say, who each of us are, right? Because the creativity essentially is... Um, is individualistic, right? Um, that's what makes somebody creative or the thing that we go, aha, they're, you know, such an artist because they saw the world differently. They did something differently. And right now we are in this time where uh, being an individual, but also attached is being questioned. So it is, you, you've stated it the perfect way. Yeah. Yeah. When you are operating from your prodigy brain or prefrontal cortex, that's where you can tap into empathy and compassion, not only for yourself, but for other people and for circumstances. That's where you can kind of take the blinders off and really discover things that are in the peripheral. So when you are really laser focused and you're only seeing kind of one point of view, that often unfolds into experiences that don't end well. But if you can tap into your prodigy brain and really like access that strength or that skill set of being able to discover what other factors might be at play, yeah, now we're like 
engaged. Now we're going to start getting creative. Now we're going to start being able to innovate. You, one of the most beautiful things that I actually don't talk a lot about on podcasts, but since you brought it up, you can also tap into your truest essence when you're operating from your prodigy brain. That's where you can feel very aligned to your source, whether that is God, whether that is nature, whether that is the universe, but it is through the prodigy brain that you can really come into alignment and tap into your source and really start asking yourself even deeper questions about like, what would my future self advise me about right now? You know, when you find yourself at a, at a crossroads or you know, you can kind of tap into that law of attraction when you are operating from your prodigy brain. None of that is available to you when you're spinning out in fear, operating from your primitive brain. Yes, and actually that led me to my next question. I was going to say, how do you face major challenges without falling apart? Um, but um, you kind of just answered it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really does require you to think about yourself differently. So many people, like the quote unquote falling apart is when we think a circumstance is happening to us, right? Or we are making it mean something about us, right? So you get laid off from a job and you are having thoughts that, you know, I'm unworthy, I'm unable to provide for my family, I knew this was never going to work. I'm stupid. They don't believe in me. Like those are all of the primitive brain thoughts that we all have. But the goal is not to not have those thoughts. The goal is not to react from those thoughts and instead respond, start to question that. So how do I avoid falling apart? <laughs> I make this <laughs> a daily practice. I commit to thinking about myself in a totally different way every single day. I think of myself as the solution to every single obstacle. It's literally the secret to life. And so we have a planner because I really started to think about this. Like, how do I get the world? And I know I think really big, but how do I get the world to kind of buy into this where they can get into a practice of of thinking about themselves differently on the daily. Like, how do I get them thinking about themselves on the hour in a different sort of way? And so I created a daily planner that holds your hand through this process that has you making a decision about what it is that you want from your day. And then it has you, the second step in our self acronym is eliminate the self-sabotage. So you have to have an awareness of what narratives you're listening to that have sabotaged you in the past. And then I hold your hand through leveraging those strengths that we talked about a minute ago that are only available to your prodigy brain, like empathy and compassion and discovery and innovation. And then finally, the fourth step is finishing with the decision. Like what is the next step that I can take that would be so easy, it's hard to do. And then we just literally utilize ourselves step by step by step. And before you know it, your compounded results 
are mind-blowing. And so I start with a topic or an application that I know everybody has. We also help people with very specific applications like, you know, professional applications, professional achievement over, um, you know, challenges like overeating, over drinking. But I want to get this out to the world. And so I had to ask myself, like, what's the common denominator? Well, everybody has a day. They all have a day and they have an abundance of them. And so I started with this daily planner because I know that I can teach people very consistently, you know, they're going to get the reps in of making decisions ahead of time, eliminating the self-sabotage, tapping into their prodigy brain strengths, and making decisions about the next step that is so easy, it's hard to do. And then we just keep repeating that. And so you do that every single day with our planner, and it works brilliantly. And I love science, and I love learning, and I surround myself with lifelong learners. So I understand that applied learning is one of the best kinds of learning. I would say recall and reflection is another way to learn and really kind of keep that learning sustainable. And so we also build that into our planner where you reflect on what did I learn about myself today? So, you know, at the end of one quarter, you have this library, this archive of what it is that you've learned about yourself. And you also have kind of a reference of how you got from A to Z in a very enjoyable way. And so our planners are quarter long and they become volumes of basically, you know, creations of things that you once thought impossible. And so it's really fun to watch, to teach it and then to watch people utilize it. Um, you're making me ex- excited um, because you have made, uh, you know, making this change um, uh, in increments instead of like, you know, we're going to go through and uh, it's kind of like when you have a workout program, they're like, OK, you're going to lose you're going to lose this 50 pounds. You're like, oh, my God, 50, you know, just hearing the number, you know, you freak out <laughs> what you have to do. And you're just like, uh, uh, so. You know, I've, I'm sure um, just because we're humans and, you know, um, I guess a, a, a lack of a better way of saying it, our emotions still get to us or get us. How do we, um, I think we need uh, support um, to get through this that is not necessarily always just coming from a, uh, a coach or, you know, um, or ourselves. Um, but I guess, how do we um, nurture and find, I guess, uh, relationships that are going to support this change that we're trying to uh, unfold in our lives? Yeah, I think I, I think finding professional and, you know, just any sort of support is a brilliant step in the right direction. So um, mental health, I think, unfortunately, has kind of a stigma attached to it where people don't want to talk about getting support for your mental health. But if, you know, if you don't have good mental health, you really have nothing. Because if you don't understand how to think about things with intention, it's very difficult to navigate through your days. And so I think, you know, having professional support, having friends in place where you very intentionally ask people for support 
using tools like a daily planner that holds your hand. I am not in the business to make people dependent on me as a coach. I want to teach people how to coach themselves, utilizing our self acronym. And so that they feel very, you know, empowered. They feel self-reliant. They feel in control. And if they want to, you know, refine their practice, I'm always here for them. But we do things like, you know, offer all of this information for free. We also offer free coaching Friday for a place for people to come. And like I said, really kind of refine the practice of coaching themselves. And then we offer free masterclasses where we apply the self system to very specific topics like, you know, professional achievement, relationships, health and wellness, um, productivity. I mean, it goes on and on. We do one a month. And so all of that is free because we want to make sure that this information is accessible because we believe that most people you know, spent the majority of their years learning what to think. And there is so much unnecessary suffering going on because they haven't learned how to think. And so we know for sure we can change the world if we can just get people to listen and be open to learning. Now, how does one uh, get started with self-made you? Um, so we have a website that's probably the easiest um, place to go to really kind of access all of the goodness. Um, we have a community and the community has all of the free resources. So it, alongside of a, you know, audience of lifelong learners. So if you want to kind of put yourself amongst people that love to learn about you know, how to think about themselves. They really want to learn how to apply that system to other topics. You can go into this community and find other people that are often, you know, dealing with the same challenges that you're dealing with right now. And so it's a community plus a place to really tap into the free resources that we have. Like I mentioned, Free Coaching Friday and the master classes. And then if you want more handholding. If you want to become a member, we of course welcome anybody and everybody into our membership that then, you know, gives gains access to all sorts of other resources. But the best place to start is with the free resources for sure. Um, and so you can just go to our website, www.selfself-made, M-A-D-E, and then it's the letter U.com. And then just join the community. That sounds great. I think, you know, um, a lot of people uh, will probably look at this uh, to start their year off because uh, I think um, I think everybody needs a little bit of help. <laughs> um, and yes, yes. Yes, this is true. And so I like to, um, you know, you mentioned uh, thinking on a, a larger global level, and I love thinking about larger global levels, too. And so how does investing in self-reflection and development give back to your community and make a positive impact in the world? Yeah, well, I think that puts you in the creator space. When you start being intentional about innovation, now you are like your ideas are abundant. 
And it takes you being intentional, operating from your prodigy brain to tap into that innovation. You know, when you start taking responsibility for all of your results, whether they're unintentional or intentional, and you kind of model that behavior, that does not go unnoticed. People are attracted to that. And that is the person that is operating from their prodigy brain that has the ability to be innovative. And, you know, that's where creations or ideas become things. And so if you are somebody who really wants to like make your mark and contribute, you have to be operating from that prodigy part of your brain and really open up to the ideas, kind of be in that receptive mode versus in that fear-based shut down mode. And that's the key. That's the key that's going to unlock the door to you know, coming up with things that are truly going to change the world. But it does start with yourself. It starts with the behavior that you're modeling. Yes, I, you know, I, I love that. And now I'm going to lean in more and more into the right brain because I, you know, um, I always tried to uh, live a life of trying to balance left and right. But um, but now you've made me want to lean more and be like, I'm right brain to be proud of it. <laughs> Yeah. Amen. Definitely. You know, that uh, left brain, you know, like I said, it has a purpose and I definitely don't want to like villainize it, but it absolutely can lead to kind of hyper rational thinking, you know, which almost always sabotages us. It's not a bad thing to be rational, but when we're reacting to those like hyper rational thoughts when it's on overdrive that doesn't end well and that typically leaves us feeling very frustrated feeling alone feeling un misunderstood and skeptical so um i like to lean into my left brain for purposes of like you just do your thing keep my heart beating keep me breathing without having to think about it and i'm going to be over here with intention operating from my right brain. And so I have one last question. Okay. What is something that people can do today to start them on the right track? Uh, that's an easy question for me to answer. I would say tap into how you're feeling. That sounds so woo-woo. I know, and I probably just lost 50% of you, but come back to me because Tapping into how you're feeling is a game changer because if you can name the emotion or that like, you know, vibration that's running through your body with something other than happy, mad or sad, if it really shines a light on what it is that you're experiencing. So I always encourage people to just Google a feelings wheel. We keep one. We have one in the front of our um, planner. It's actually a chart. It's a very, it's kind of a blown out version of a feelings wheel. But that's so helpful to be able to look at, kind of peruse a list of emotions and find what resonates with you. What is it that I'm actually feeling right now? That is a way that you can connect with yourself. And it really unlocks that door of thinking about yourself differently. It really kind of catapults or springboards a a nice conversation that helps you understand yourself more. Because once you 
get real clear on what it is that you're feeling, now you can ask yourself, why? Why am I feeling that way? And the answer is going to reveal which part of your brain you're operating from. Is it fear-based or is it more loving and compassionate and creative? I love it. Easy but effective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you, Tracy, for your time and insight. To learn more about Tracy and Self Made View, go to www.self-made-the-letter-u.com. If you have a passion for an unserved community, a social justice problem, or want to change minds, contact Project Good Work at projectgood.work to start your project of change today. Subscribe to our mailing list at projectgood.work slash subscribe to get our episodes and blog articles sent to you each month, plus get 10% on any project you start with projectgood.org. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in to Project Good, where we're focused on what matters. <laughs>